welcome back to Like a Lady podcast. Um, I am super pumped about this episode today. I reconnected with one of my friends from high school. Um, we used to call ourselves Sandestin Buddies uh, when we were in middle school. Uh, her name is Sierra. Hey, guys. <laughs> so I would like to brag a little bit on Sierra because I know she probably won't do it herself, but Sierra is a BA practicing lawyer in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, in my eyes, she comes from lawyer royalty. Her <laughs> granddad's Fred Gray. If you don't know who that is, read a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm just so proud. <laughs> so um, say hello, introduce yourself. Tell, tell us a little bit about you, what you do for a living. Um, yeah, okay. Hey guys, um, Sierra Gray. I am from Tuskegee, Alabama. Um, I met Brittany in high school. We both went to the same um, Christian high school. So we met there and we're like pretty much inseparable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had forgotten about the Sandestin Buddies thing. And then when you said it, I was like, <laughs> if you don't think I'm not going to post a picture of us on this Instagram, <laughs> I, I know which... Um, photo it will be it will specifically be of me wearing a necklace that I thought was so stylish but it literally looks like I have a necklace that looks like poop it's <laughs> just brown like clay yes it's not it was not a good look but that's what I'm gonna post so um but yeah so I just um graduated from law school about a year oh my gosh a year ago, I don't remember. Oh, year, yay! But yeah, almost almost a year ago, um, and now I'm a practicing attorney in Birmingham, Alabama. I do labor and employment work, um, and you know that's been like an interesting journey. Like finally being able to start my career after mm -hmm. so so many years of school. <laughs> um, so yeah, I cannot imagine. I. I feel like people from high school will be like, yeah, Brittany's not going to finish college because there are times when I didn't think I was going to finish. So people that continue to go and do higher education, like even higher education, I'm like, I'm just in awe of people that do that. <laughs> I'm like, that's amazing. Listen, first year of law school was the whole struggle. Like it just was so bad. <laughs> but I persevered. I actually graduated. Everything's great. But like first year was, I mean, it, it really is for everybody just it's like notoriously bad yeah your first year of law school but uh, I made it through <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot relate at all <laughs> so, I mean I just I can't imagine oh Sierra was uh Miss Tuskegee University I would just like to point out uh yeah I like love my well, I'm from Tuskegee too so like, I love my school so much like oh, just my whole okay. heart the whole um I don't know what you call your campaign when you ran. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to Tuskegee, obviously, um, but the whole campaign was based off of Scandal, the TV show, and mm -hmm. it was so lit. It was so good. It was so I, good. I was like, when I was thinking about like what my campaign, like what my campaign platform and stuff was going to be about, um, at the time, Scandal was like super duper popular, and I was obviously obsessed um also it's based on a, a real lady her name's judy smith she's like a real attorney yes but i mean she obviously didn't sleep with the president 
but um but yeah so like after I found that out found that out I was like obsessed like with Carrie Washington I mean Carrie Washington anyway but like knowing that this is like a real black lady out here that really I'm just like can you please be me (laughs) I loved that show too I I will say it definitely lost me in like the fourth or fifth season things started just getting very dramatic and I was like which is saying a lot for me because I love drama but um I do need to go back and finish it now that it's done but I was wholly obsessed with it the first like three or four years it was out yeah we were just talking about Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon and Little Fires Everywhere because it's just so amazing you told me to watch it and I'm like uh it was so I don't I don't think I told you this it was so good yeah that was so good and it like ended so well but like are y'all gonna do a season two (laughs) like that was mine um I don't know I've had a couple of friends tell me to read the book for sure and I I need to order it because I've heard it's very good I didn't know it was a book well maybe mm, we need to both join Reese's book club because that's where most of these things are being made from because she picks these amazing books written by women and then they origin they eventually get produced into a series or a movie or something so Mm -hmm. yeah okay so let's talk about um you growing up in Tuskegee I just want to know kind of how growing up there going to ACA you went when did you start going to ACA I think it was I think it was sixth grade or something like that around that time I started going fifth grade and I elementary school is a blur but I definitely know that you were there in the sixth grade so we'll say that um but I just want to know kind of how your upbringing was because you lived in Tuskegee. You drove all the way 45 minutes almost to school. Yeah. And I was, I would love to think that I was this hyper aware 11 year old, but I wasn't. And so looking back, you were one of two black people in our class. And was that, was that? Well, I think, no, I think there, well, when, like in, it was you and Malik. No, but then we had Danny. That was later. Oh, so when we actually came in. Oh, was it just us? Mm-hmm. And then as we got in high school, we had, uh, it still was never even close to being like half and half or anything. Oh, no. <laughs> I think at max, there were probably 10 people of color in our class. Yeah. But and I feel like that's generous. That's generous. <laughs> Did you recognize that? Did, was that something that even crossed your mind? That there was only like, there weren't a lot of black people? Yeah. Yeah. I so, just, okay. You know, because as an 11 year old, I've, I've, you know, you're not, your brain has, uh, my brain had not expanded to think about that yet. Yeah. So, um, I guess a little, a little bit of background. So I was, elementary school was in Tuskegee um fortunately my parents uh could afford to send me to private school so that's why I was um able to go to ACA um I I always tell people that I have a very interesting background when it comes to 
education because elementary school was all black. ACA for high school, for middle school and high school was all white with a couple sprinkles of black people in there. ACU for college. Then I went to Tuskegee for, for undergrad. Love, love Tuskegee. You know, all black with sprinkles of, of white people. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went to law school at Cumberland and, you know, mostly white, sprinkle of sprinkle of color in there. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's, I think all of that was interesting. I was able to kind of, I don't know, like see myself in different. You kind of flipped, flipped back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Cause I think generally, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I think most of the time it's not a mixed environment. So, like, usually it'll be, like, if you're Black, more than likely you'll go to school with, like, all Black people or predominantly mostly Black people. Or if you're white, you'll probably go to school with mostly white people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm happy that I had all of the experiences that I that I had because I feel like people need to learn. I feel part of, I feel like I'm, like, going on a mini tangent. No, but I feel like part of the problem when it comes to um race issues is that people don't know how to interact with each other mm-hmm. or don't want to or but i i feel like if kids from elementary school were in a diverse environment mm-hmm. meaning black people white people asian people yes. all colors of people people whose mamas have money people whose moms don't have money don't Christian, have if just a, a good variety that people would learn how to be more empathetic from a very young age Probably. and realize that people aren't like me mm-hmm. and they're different, but it's all good. <laughs> I think that's an, that's an amazing point And one that I have not, which make, it makes so much sense, but I've never thought about it, but introducing that at a young age you you so that you never think about it it is just you just treat everyone with kindness and you treat everyone the same and it doesn't matter if they have one mom two moms a mom and a dad a mom and a stepdad like it just it just doesn't it shouldn't change how you treat them mm-hmm. so and if you started that that young it would probably make a big difference i have no idea how like elementary schools and high schools operate other than like the ones that I went to and the ones that are in the South, which are, I'm just, I'm not, again, it is a generalization, but it's a pretty accurate one is that they're still pretty separated. They just are. Yeah. But it's like, they are like that because of the history that our states have been through and they Mm -hmm. never really integrated. But that's another story. Being a woman, but I just think that if we ever, if if I have someone here and I have an opportunity to give someone another perspective, I just want them to hear it. I guess you yeah. know? because I I don't I'm not ever going to speak for a person of color. So when I when I get to talk to someone and interact with them, I I want them to tell like their side. I want them. Yeah. I want people to just be more aware of it. I guess. And I think, I think that your podcast is 
is doing a really good job of bringing and showcasing different lives of different women. So I feel like in a way it's like starting to fill that gap. So I think it's beautiful. Thank you. It's something that's super, super close to my heart. And I know it's all girls that are my age, but we, I will, I'm going to start branching out to women that are older than me. Cause I know that their experiences have just been completely different than ours because even though we are still experiencing some inequality and some issues and biases, they were, they were just in another world and I just yeah. wait to hear about it. <laughs> so, okay. So were there times, I know that while you were at, um, I want to know specifically when you're in law school, um, were there times that you felt not seen or not heard because you were a woman? Um, I'm trying to think. Were there times that you didn't speak up or felt uncomfortable doing so, like in a group of people? An example of when I thought about I wanted to speak up and was like toying whether or not I should was in constitutional law. Mm -hmm. um, it touches a lot of <laughs> interesting subjects, that class. So it got a little, it was a little heated, not, it, not professionally heated. Um, that's, that's a, that can be a heated topic. It's a pretty, yeah. you can get really passionate about that. And I, I remember there being, I had to, oh, what was that case about? I had to brief a case. So for people that don't know, in law school, we do this thing called briefing a case, um, which is you read the case and you pick out, you say what the facts that happened, um, what the legal issue is, and, um, you know, how the court applied the facts to the law. Mm -hmm. So um, for some case that I did, and it was about... I think it was about the death penalty. Oh, I wish I wish I would have like thought of this before, but um, it was about the death penalty. I think it was in Georgia or something. And statistically, black people were sent to the death penalty at like a extremely higher rate. Mm -hmm. And it was like, is this um, constitutional or not? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, the court found that it was constitutional mm. because um, they couldn't find a reason for like it was unintentional the fact that that many black they couldn't say that like this one person said I don't like black people and I'm gonna make sure that all of you are executed it was more so denominator in in all of them yeah, it's like someone like wanted like ran the statistics and was like, "This is like a." Cr I wish I had the stats, but this I feel is, like I've read that before. I w I wish I could just look it up real quick, but <laughs> it's gonna bother me. Um, but I, I remember being like, "What in statistics?" Yeah, <laughs> I remember being so upset because it was like the court found that it was unconstitutional because um, essentially it wasn't intentional discrimination. Mm. But I'm like. This is give these people their lives back. Right. But also, just, I'm sorry, just hearing you say it's, what did you just say? It's unintentional discrimination. Yeah. The, okay. 
that does not make it that does use it just because oh well we didn't mean to do that it just happened you're that, like oh no we're doing, we're doing this many I was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyways, yeah. Can I tell you that before we move on? Because when you just said, when you brought up the death penalty, I I just have a specific memory of me and you on down in Sandestin. And mm-hmm. it was at night and we we're, I don't even remember. We weren't really watching whatever was on TV. It was some kind of, it was some kind of true crime, something. And they were talking about someone putting like to death or whatever mm-hmm. and I don't remember who asked who but basically it was like what what do you think about that or like do you do you think that they should kill people or something and I was like yeah of course they should they should yeah they should you know people should have the death penalty whatever and you're mm-hmm. like I don't think that at all <laughs> and it and it made me think why do I think that and it's because of like I just grew up in a very like <laughs> My upbringing on my mom's side is redneck. It is Confederate flags. It is gun toting, and and so that's just all I grew up and saw. And mm-hmm. so when I really started thinking, like, wait, do I do I think that? Wait, what? At like 12, 13 years old, and because now I'm like, absolutely not. I, I just re- I don't think the death penalty should, should be a thing. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I think that you're playing God, and I don't think it's your place, like for anyone. But um. I specifically remember I was talking about that. It was the first time that I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I was so quick to be like, yes, because I heard my parents talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. That is correct. And then you're we like, I don't think that. And I was just like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like, it was this moment of, oh, I got to figure out if I believe that or not. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I think death penalty is like a hot topic, but- I feel like it's a layered issue, you know, because like when you look at, I, it's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to like find the case. Look to, it up. So you, you can find it now. Yeah. Look it up. If not, I'll just like, I'll tell you the case. You can like put it in like the comment or whatever. Cause it's going to drive me crazy. But yeah. when you look at, when you look at things that some people may feel like is neutral, like, okay, if you do this, this, and this crime, then you should get the death penalty. But when you add different layers mm-hmm. of intentional bias and unintentional bias, that's that's playing with people's well. One, regardless, it's yeah. dealing with people's lives, but yeah. also putting an unfair advantage to somebody else. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. I can go on a whole rant, but <laughs> this has already been the most. Um, <laughs> intense episode I've ever done we've already covered race um (laughs) the death penalty um so that's great (laughs) um so back to what we're talking about um so you did you can think of like a specific instance where you kind of felt like not heard as like a woman first of all how many women were in your like law school classes roughly um I think it really was about half and half that is music to my ears. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I really think it was, or maybe there was like a little bit more women than men, but. Oh, I love that. So growing up and just throughout your adult life, were there times where you felt like it was just a little harder or that you couldn't succeed at something because 
of your gender or race? I'd like to hear either one, to be honest. Um, I don't know, like, kind of going back to your past question a little bit, just growing up, I have, I've had such strong women in my life, and just in general, my family is so supportive. It's just like, if you want to do something, you go out there and do it. I don't care if no one else has done it before. I don't care if, you know, whatever, just go in it, do as, do your very best. And so like, I've, I don't know. I, I think that I try my best to speak up for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be like, crazy dramatic with it but I'm like I I have no I I feel like so I don't know I feel like people have different perceptions of me Mm -hmm. um I think probably people from Tuskegee may think I'm more reserved Mm -hmm. um than I actually am and I don't know I just I feel like when it really comes down to it I don't have a problem getting my point across right no I actually that is that is how I remember you in high school is you were never going to get involved in something that was petty, but if it was important and you were really passionate about it, you were going to speak up, you were going to do it really eloquently and you were going to say what, how you felt. And I always, that's something that like, I remember vividly, like not that there are like a bunch of times, but I specifically remember there was a Bible class that we were in. I was just... Like I, I, I was like, wow, I wish because I shot my mouth off so much that I was like, I wish I could learn to number one, stop talking. Number two, speak a little bit like more eloquently. And I just, oh, I was always just popping off for no reason. And I was like, Sierra's got it on lock. She, she, she understands that there's a time to be quiet and there's a time to speak up. And it took me a long time to learn that. <laughs> I, I think part of it too is it's so easy for people to try and put you in a stereotype. Mm-hmm. So if I just said exactly what I thought and was just like, this is how I feel, da 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 then it's like, oh, now, now you're being an angry black woman. Mm. I just feel attacked and I just, and then you get into that whole thing. And so I think that I've tried, I'm not going to let them be able to do that. Right. to me that that's always that's always kind of been my thing like yeah. I'll get my point across in this tone that I'm talking right now yeah and we'll have to address the actual issues of what whatever the disagreement is about not any of the other extraness you know what I mean so I feel like that's something that I have been intentional about because I know yeah. that's just to me that even at in you know freshman as a freshman or sophomore in high school that you were already having to learn how to play this game that you're that you were going to have to play throughout your adult life which which is that to fight that stereotype of the angry black woman and you were already like learning this is how this is how I have to get my point across which is like I think it's so interesting because for us to be in the same class and for me to have the privilege to just shoot my mouth off whenever I wanted and you having to be much more subdued in the things that you were saying because it would have come across so differently even mm-hmm. even if we were saying the same things so it's so interesting to me, 
like, so the fact that you were already learning like how to kind of play that game that because it is a game it's just ridiculous but you have to do it and it's not okay I hope that it's just oh I don't know <laughs> but I that's a very uh I've never even thought about that yeah I remember um in Bible class there was there was something that <laughs> y'all I just want y'all to know that I'm so, I am not the same person I was in high school because I was a whole mess I was a whole mess <laughs> but I remember um I a comment was made that that I should be more tactful by my teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, continue. That I should be more tactful in the way that um, I say things. And the funny thing is, you know, maybe I little I was a little a little bit more rambunctious in in high school, but when so. I got detention. Anyways, I'm just, I got detention and I told my parents what happened and I, my parents know me and I was like, this is, this is what really happened. Okay. Yeah. I told them, and I was like, I was passionate about what I was talking about. Yeah. I was questioning, okay, you say that this is right. Insert yeah. some part of the Bible, James, whatever, whatever says X, right? And I'm like, okay, well, okay, over here in um in Romans though. Yo, you said in Romans though. <laughs> oh, I remember this vividly. Also, Sierra didn't get detention because she wasn't tactful. She got detention because the teacher was embarrassed. I'm, the, uh, that is the truth. Okay, <laughs> she got embarrassed that she spoke out of turn on something in the Bible, and she was trying to flip it to make it mean something that it didn't mean and she wasn't expecting a 16 year old girl to call her on it and you did and you were respectful about it you, yeah. you were but it was just the fact that you did it very first episode when I was talking about it you can't there there's not a respectful way to do that in the south to an to an uh your adult you know, whatever person. It's just not. It doesn't matter how you say it. It's disrespectful to question an adult. And I feel like that's one thing that has to be unlearned. Like, yeah. in general, people need to be able to disagree and be passionate and it not be met with animosity. Mm-hmm. Or Because with, with that situation, it, it even goes back to what we are talking about before, though. It's like, I was told to be more tactful. Mm-hmm. right so in that that kind of can be construed as a pretty way of saying why are you doing you're doing too much yeah yeah not saying that I was angry but it's just like what we don't yeah. have to do all of this you know? and it's like <laughs> oh man what a Bible class that one was crazy I also specifically remember there was a girl in our class that she didn't like me very much but there had been an altercation in that class and the the substitute that was there had written something down that was actually just completely false and I was about to like for real get in big big mad trouble and the girl 
I won't say her name, but she's amazing. And she, <laughs> she said, she raised her hand and she said, Miss uh, so-and-so, I, I don't even like Brittany that much, but that, that she didn't do that. And I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> that whole day when like we had that substitute was just crazy. <laughs> I haven't thought about that Bible class in a minute, but there were definitely, okay, let me be real tall. There were definitely some days that me and Sierra tag team on that, on that teacher. And I ain't even mad about it. Cause you know, I do want to say that I, I feel like our Bible teacher would have been an excellent kindergarten teacher. Oh, I agree. I think she would have been excellent kindergarten mm -hmm. teacher, mm. but I don't think she was comfortable doing anything outside of her lesson plan. Like, I think it was like, this is what line four says, and Yara's raising her hand, and... Yeah, I didn't, there's not supposed to be questions till the end, so you... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Baby, just relax. It's okay. And, and it, I, we besides all of the things that you go through as a teenager and I was going through my own like personal and family stuff I as a person now still am not a big physical touch person and she was always like hugging up on people and I specifically remember one time she came up behind me and gave me a hug from behind and you know I just turned around to her oh this I apologize for this I, this is rude um <laughs> I turned around and I said, please don't ever touch me again. And just so you know, if we were in public school, you would be fired and I would make sure of it. And I just walked, I just walked into the classroom. Like, <laughs> so rude. God, I was a butthole. <laughs> I really was. Anyways. Um, okay. So are there any things that you find challenging as a woman in your career field, that being a lawyer? Are there things that that you see or take note of that are like, mm. um, so I affectionately call myself a baby lawyer. <laughs> um, but I, I am a lawyer past far everything, but, um, saying it as in like, I'm so new. So in our, um, induction, we got inducted to the Alabama state bar. I forgot who did the speech, but it was excellent. And he said something like, life is just a cycle of becoming a freshman again. And Whoa. I was like, oh, that is profound. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's just like, so I've done all this stuff. I'm finally an attorney. And it's like, now you're a freshman again. It's like, okay. Um, oh, man. You've started a <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I don't think I've been in my career long enough to really make those determinate like to be able to say it um but i mean if you look statistically just across the board at firms um there are the amount so okay how law firms are usually set up is um you have associates which is kind of like the base level you're an associate then you have shareholders or partners the partners get um equity or profits profits from the firm mm -hmm. um obviously shareholders and partners make a lot more money than associates um but when you look at the numbers of like black and just people of color who are associates 
and then their progression to becoming partner, it's like crazy. There's like, it's just, the stats are just horrible. And it's, yes, you may be in the firm, but it's like, will the statistics of people making it to partner are just extremely low. Um, the firm that I'm at now, like they're really trying to do a a good job of like, um, with diversity stuff and like, not just like race, but just making sure that we have like a well-rounded, um, firm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think across the board, people just have, we just have to do better. (laughs) It's just nothing around it. One thing that really stands out, this was when I was in law school though, um, I got an internship um, at a law firm and uh, it was really a pretty, really, really big law firm um, in Birmingham. And I was, um, you know, just do, 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 going about my life. And um, someone came up to me and was like, hey, a classmate was like, hey. I was like, hey. <laughs> They're like, um, what are you? doing this summer and I was like oh you know first half I'm gonna be clerking at this firm and then second half I'm gonna be clerking at um this other firm Mm -hmm. and so they were like oh you're gonna you're gonna be interning there and I was like yeah that's what I that's what I just said uh And they were like, oh, I mean, you know, they're not going to hire you, right? Like to be an associate. And I was just like, here I am minding my business. And (laughs) you come to me with this information. (laughs) And so I I really was just like upset. Like, why are you being, what's going on? Literally no point in saying that. Can I ask if it was a girl or was it a guy? It was a a guy. Okay. Because honestly. I don't know why, but it would piss me off a little bit more if a girl was doing that to you because it's just, I just, I want us to all empower one another and lift one another up. Okay. Okay. That sucks. Like what? The same thing happened again with another classmate. This person, um, I think was a year ahead of me and he was like, oh, like I was in some, I was in some like meeting or something and they had us like go around and say like, okay, where are you clerking this summer? Da, da, da. And so, like, just in the meeting, like, I say my stuff, and he was like, oh, you're going to be there? And again, I'm like, yep, that's what I said. (laughs) And um, he was like, how'd you get that? Because I'm talented? Because I work hard? I was like, so career development has on-campus interviews, and I applied. I don't know what you want from me, sir. Leave me alone. you just telling those stories like you can both instances are just like if I had to guess they were probably feeling a little insecure about the fact either they didn't get the internship they wanted or they didn't get one at all and so it's like but let's so make let me make sure that I shoot shoot her down a peg like so but you know they're not gonna hire you right like ugh. and do you want okay I'm like do you want to know how God works yes I do all the time every day the firm that um, my classmate told me that I would not, you know, they would not hire me. That is where I currently work. Yes. Oh, that makes me. <laughs> oh. Look at God. Look at God. 
<laughs> oh, won't he do it though? Listen, it's like, you know, just keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Ignore the people, stay focused. And just let your talent speak for itself. Exactly. Oh, I love that, Sierra. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> um, okay, so, oh, I have one very serious question to ask you, because I'm sure everyone's wondering, is doing a lawyer internship exactly like how to get away with murder? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. People ask me, like, how to get away with murder, and I was like, no! You're just being like... No. I need you, the next time somebody asks you that, can you please do something for me? Will you look at the dead in the eye, stone cold, and say, yes, it's just like that, and just walk away? I, I, that's what I'll do. Okay, I'll be like, actually, I have a shovel in my trunk. Can you, um, do you want to help? <laughs> I always want to end the episode uh, with a story from you about a girl, a woman that just inspires you to keep going, keep reaching for your dreams, or... Um, just a story that you've heard recently of something that like a woman's done that really just like made you smile. Okay. Um, so my woman is Robin Rihanna Fenty. <laughs> I love it. Um, obsessed, obsessed with her. Um, I mean, she's beautiful. Like, I, yes, just like a two second pause for how beautiful Rihanna is. Mm. Okay, we're back. <laughs> um, but so what I what I love about her is I really hope that my career can be similar to hers. So you know, she's just a billionaire. It's fine. <laughs> but um, what I what I like though is she started with music. Music was was her thing. Mm -hmm. That's what she was known for at the beginning. Put in amazing work put out great albums. Um, then she started kind of adding to her repertoire, if you will. So like she did her Savage Fenty. Um, she did Fenty Beauty, which is her makeup line. She did Fenty, which is her like fashion line. And she does her philanthropy work. Um, I forgot the name of the organization, but I kind of want to do something similar. So like law will always be you know, my like center. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of like parallel that to Rihanna. So like yeah. music is her center. As I like grow, you know, I want to, you know, add different things to my life that can diversify my portfolio. You know what I mean? So like, yes, I'll have law. Yes, I'll be an attorney, but I'll have these other aspects too. And then also I want to, um, be big with philanthropy as well. So I just feel like she's a great role model to any woman to be like, yeah. have your main thing, you know, give back. Yes. Look amazing while doing it. <laughs> I know. I totally understand what you're saying. Like you have that one focus, that one main passion, but you can, you can from then grow, explore other avenues all while making sure that you are doing your part, giving back, helping others which is yeah. so important. Yeah. I honestly, when I, when I look at celebrities and they don't do that, I just, it makes me wonder like, what kind of person are you that you're not sharing that wealth with everyone? Sorry. That's just the first thing I think of. 
So, uh, we love you, Riri. <laughs> Rihanna, DM us. This was so great. Yes, like, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I was, I was super, super pumped when you said yes, because I, the first couple of episodes were with friends in the performing industry, which has its own set of battles. So I was like, yes, we're branching out. We're talking to other women about their careers. I can't wait yeah. to continue to watch your career blossom and all the things that you're going to accomplish. I'm so just excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like, honestly, I've told you this like 74 times, but like you're doing such an amazing job with this podcast. Like, I love it so much. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thanks for listening guys. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.